the streets are wrong for it to get hit. People said they was down for me, switched up, they was looking down on me. Now I'm up, wish you would've stuck with me. Now you stuck, cause somebody else hating every time I look up. Can't keep me down. What up, though? It's your man, Tarek Aha, back for another episode of Why Lie with Tarek, the most unapologetic podcast in the game. And y'all already know what time it is. I'm about to turn it up on you niggas like my part coming. Listen, I have a wonderful, beautiful guest in the building right now, and we about to get into this dynamic episode. But right now, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people, please. Hey, everybody. <laughs> my name is Nikia. Everybody calls me Nikki, so um, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to have you. So before we get into the episode, how was your week thus far? How you been? Um, my week is pretty cool. This is like my first work week back after my last trip. Okay. So I've been catching up. A uh, lot, of, lot of sessions with my clients. I'm a therapist. So I've been zoning out low-key. Been thinking about all my trips while they talking. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, uh, so listen, and it's crazy that you, so you're the third therapist that I've had on the show. Fun. Yes, I've had two uh, two other female therapists, black female therapists. Man, I love y'all, man. Oh. I love y'all. I'm trying to find a fucking therapist right now. So, I was supposed to go, when I went to uh, when when I went to Egypt. I had a a therapy session scheduled, and but you know I was out the country, so I didn't make it. Right. But I really I've really been looking for a therapist hard for like probably like a year. Probably real talk, probably since the pandemic, like. I really, I really would like to talk to you know a, a therapist and shit. We're like unicorns. Uh, are you looking for a female or a male? Definitely a female. I don't, I, I, I would never open up to a man. I don't. I just. I, I can't see it happening. I feel like that's a session, Tarek. <laughs> <laughs> in itself, it, it might be. Yeah. It, it, it might. I, I didn't have a dad. You know what I mean. So it might. So I've, I've, I was groomed by women. You know what I'm saying. So I'm more comfortable. I've only been vulnerable around women. Right. You know, my mom, my grandmother, my big sister. Older black women raised me, you know what I mean. So I didn't, I didn't have a lot of dudes in my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, got you. I don't know if I can plug a website, but can I? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So therapyforblackmen.com. Heard of it? I've heard of therapy for black girls. Mm, there's a therapyforblackmen.com. Uh, okay. So specifically, like men therapists or females who are interested in working with black men would be all on that site. So check it out. I most certainly will. I most certainly will. So you've been. Uh, getting back into the groove of things. I really hate coming back to work after a vacation. Me too. Man, it's like it's like you need another week off to get ready for work. Like it's it is sickening to go right back into the swing of things after you just come from uh from a vacation. So, before we get into the trip you just came from, how many countries have you been to? I am at 16. I'll be at Six, 17 in 2 weeks. 17 <laughs> countries. Yes. Well, I mean, that includes the U.S. and Canada, right? So I get two freebies. Right. Oh, my! but that's amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to hit 20 before the end of the year. That's my goal. That is amazing. So 16 countries. So where where was the first one? What was the first country you went to outside, outside of the U.S. Of the and US. Canada? Uh, it would have been Spain, and that's a fun story. I lived in Spain for four months in college. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So, uh, so what college did you go to? I went to Howard University, the Howard University. The wow. Howard University. Yes. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into that too, man, because they just did some dumb shit. <gasps> oh no. Yes. Uh, but uh, so, so you did a, a study abroad program. Yeah. And you were in Spain for four months. So how was that? It was amazing. Um, the way it happened was crazy. I was going through like a period of time where I didn't want to study what I went to Howard to study, and I knew I was gonna be disappointing my whole family. I, I was supposed to be this famous black female architect. That's why I went there. And I realized it wasn't speaking to my soul. So I was going through this period of being lost, walked down one of the streets on our yard, and I saw a study abroad building. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to walk up in here. And I did. I got the information. I applied within like a couple days and got in. And then I told my parents, hey, guess what? Not coming home in the fall. I'm out. And you went to Spain. Spain, yep. Okay, so how how was Spain? Um, So I call it my golden moment. So, um... Jill Scott is like one of my muses, right? And her song, Living My Life Like It's Golden, has always been my life's theme song. Mm-hmm. But it became so walking down the streets of Spain when I was really realizing, like, 
I'm a girl from Detroit, a black girl from Detroit, and I'm literally in Spain by myself, and I live here for the next four months. So it was like a surreal experience. Um, there's like a dynamic of a little bit of like covert wa- racism, and then also like um, they they worship the ground we walk on. Like I will walk down the street, and people be like Beyonce, Beyonce, definitely don't look like Beyonce, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Right. So it was cool. Okay, so is that what initiated like your traveling bug, or did that come later? Yes, it that kicked it off. That was my golden moment, and from then I just knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life traveling. Okay, so because I really like now that I've I've been you know sick of traveling within the U.S. You know what I'm saying? Like I I really I fucking hate it. I I hate when people posting pictures at them fucking cabins in Tennessee. I hate that people keep going to Miami and Las Vegas. Like, that shit really bothers me. You know what I mean? But I've traveled all over this country, you know, on on that fucking motorcycle of mine. But, like, now that I've been out of the country, like, I, I it just doesn't interest me anymore. Absolutely. But locally, what were, before you, you know, got to traveling, what were some of your favorite places to go in the within the United States? Um, I got to shout out Cali, number one, because being from Detroit, you see nothing but gray skies and snow most of the year. And it was just like people really live in sunshine 24-7. I'm <laughs> right. a jealous. So I've been to Cali a lot of times. Um, grew up going to Florida every summer. So the hot states really um, stand out to me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so mostly southern states, western states. Uh, Utah was super dope. Listen, people don't fucking know. It's like. God showed out when he made fucking Utah. Yes. I mean, when I said, so when I rode the bike, uh, so I rode from Detroit to California. Uh, We stopped in Arizona to see my dad. I love going to Arizona. Like, the weather's amazing. So I I, I love going there. So we stayed in uh, Arizona. Then we went to L.A. Then we came back to my dad's house. Then we went to Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Rode up to Vegas. I just wanted to have my bike on the strip, you know what I'm saying, to take those pictures. So when we coming home, we're we're we made sure that we didn't go through the same states. We wanted to see different states. You know what I mean. So as soon as we leave Nevada, we're in Utah, and I, I didn't want to leave Utah. Like I, Who knew? I I could not believe it. When I say it's every sort of terrain, you know, like mm-hmm. the mountains, the desert, the fucking forest. Like, anything you want to see, they get it. Exactly. And in massive form. Right. Please tell me you went to Zion National Park. I don't know which park I was at. I was at one big park, and I, it's like, I'm like, where's the gate? Like, it should be a gate. You know what I mean? But you could literally just walk off the edge. Like, it was. Wow, okay. Zion National Park is a must-see if you go back. Okay, I'm it's going like, back. like, to me, I kept imagining Pride Rock. Everything looked like Pride Rock, but it was red. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't I, I was there. I was there. I got pictures there. Okay. Yes, I was there. I was there. I've been to that. Yes. The the the, the big red national park and like everybody was pulling over. I'm like, yo, what the, what's going on? We I, I stayed there for hours. Yes. I stayed there for hours. Like it so Utah is amazing. But within the US, I'm not gonna cap and like this probably like speaks to the like the hood nigga in me. I love Philadelphia. Like I've not been yet. Philly, Philly is crazy, right? And let me tell you this story about how I first went to Philly. So when I uh when I became Muslim in 2010, you know, I you know got on Facebook, you know, and you know, and got to meeting other Muslims. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were from Philly. And they kept telling me about this convention that was coming up, this big Muslim convention where uh it's around Christmas every year, and they have all these scholars and these students and knowledge come in and they just teach Islam. It's like a week long. So I was like, I'm going to go. Then two of my other homeboys said that they were going to go with me. They both Muslim. Okay. One lives in Milwaukee, and the other lived in South Carolina. So the guy in Milwaukee, Nas, shout out to Nas, he catches the train from Milwaukee to Detroit. I go pick him up from the train station, mm-hmm. and he spends the night at my house because we leaving out the next day. And... That next morning, Ashif pulls up in the rental from South Carolina. He then drove from South Carolina to Detroit. Wow. Mind you, I've never seen these people in person before. It's all family, though. You know what I'm saying? It was so lit. Like, they pulled up to the crib. We offered our salat. Then we got on the road. We got on the road, and we don't know anybody in Philly at all. We just know the Muslims out here, the convention out here, it's, it's up. You know what I'm saying? Everybody telling us, come on, come on. 
So we book a hotel when we get there. Just, you know, Google. You know, all right, boom, we're about to pull up here. Right. When I know a, a, a drug den when I see it. <laughs> and and that's where the fuck we were at. We were in the Roosevelt Hotel off Roosevelt Boulevard, and they was, like, selling crack and prostitutes out this bitch. Like, Ooh. it was... It was disgusting. Zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? So come to find out, there was another like big convention in Philadelphia, and all the hotels were booked. Mm. So we had to book a room across the bridge in Jersey. But when I tell you, like, that was like the most dope four days of my life. Like we had the worst, seediest motel ever, <laughs> and it turned out to be like one of my favorite trips, and it's yeah. still so memorable. And this was. You know, shit, nine years ago. You know what I mean? And But ever since then, I've been going back to Philly, like, religiously. Uh, I'm about to check Philly out. That reminds me of my trip to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, I used to I live there. in Muhammad Ali's funeral, but that's another story. I was there. You were? Me I was too. there. I wasn't supposed to be in that boy, but I was in there. I was there, and I used to live in Louisville. Shout out to Louisville. Wow. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> fun, yeah. So, Callie within the United States, uh, Spain was the first trip. So after college, where did you go? Uh, when, once you got the traveling bug, mm-hmm. what, uh, after college, what was, what was the next country that you went to? So before I say that, let me mention when I was in Spain, I also went to England, Portugal, and Italy. So I hit four. Wow. And uh, when I got back home, I was like, there's no way I can stop. <laughs> so for my 25th birthday, I went to Bahamas on a cruise. I realized at that point in time, I am not Ariel the mermaid. I don't have my sea legs. I was sick for the entire time. So I know I'm a land traveler. Basically learned that the hard way. Um, But, yeah, so Bahamas. And then I had my son somewhere between there. Yeah, after Bahamas. So I had to sit down for a while. And I was struggling with my mental health because I'm like, I know I want to travel. I didn't got myself into a lifestyle where I can't leave. So I decided on my 30th birthday I was going to, like, revive that part of myself. And I mm-hmm. went to Costa Rica by myself, got back into traveling alone, and it was history from there. So what what prompted you to go by yourself? So like, what 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 is it about, like, hey, I'm, I, I don't need anybody to go with me. I'm, I'm just, I'm out. Like, because I, I know what it is for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and which is really why I wanted to have you on the show is because you're the only woman I know that travels like I travel. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't know any. You know, and I, like, I really don't fuck with niggas, so I didn't, I don't really care. I know, I so, see. so, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? I, I, I like, but I see you. You know what I'm saying? I see your trips. I see you going, and you just be like, I'm talking about have that big, beautiful smile, and I just be like, yo, she's having a fucking ball. I am. <laughs> but, but what is it that that'll make you say like, shit? I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna go by myself. Number, I think I am uh, the funniest person in the world. You know. <laughs> A lot of people would disagree, but I really enjoy my own company. And for me, this has been a mental health journey mm-hmm. of like really getting back to loving myself after being in uh, a short, uh, well, I won't say it was short, but a mentally abusive relationship. And so just like it was my pilgrimage of loving myself again, enjoying my own company, nobody telling me no or what I can and can't do. And I've been that way since I was probably like in kindergarten. Nobody can tell me anything. Um, so traveling by myself offers that opportunity for me to like set an itinerary or not wake up when I want to or not, like go to one spot in C3 and I don't have to worry about who's tired, who wants to go, you know, and come along. Mm -hmm. So it's freedom. And, uh, I just, I've discovered a lot of things that I love by traveling alone. Um, and just like becoming comfortable with silence. Absolutely. It's, it's so important. Yeah. It, it it is so important, and uh, I I tell people all the time, like, listen, when the music stops, you know, when the drinks stop flowing, when the blunts are put out, like you, you're still there, you know what I'm saying? So whatever you're trying to escape from, you're still there. You have to learn to enjoy being still. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as as we all know now, a lot of people struggled during the pandemic. You, you know what I'm saying? That that brought it just you know it, it kicked mental health issues into overdrive because now you're just sitting there, you're just sitting the fuck still. And I, so I'm seeing people struggling. I'm like, I'm so used to this. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it like, beautiful. It bro, <laughs> I'm I'm like, man, I'm so used to like this is this is what I do all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like. 
And and also on the therapist side of things, we saw an influx in anxiety and depression for that reason. Mm -hmm. People are now sitting still with all the shit that they ignored for years. Mm -hmm. Stuff from their childhood they refused to deal with. It was like, okay, there's no voice here but mine or my husband, my wife, my kids. And you you, uh, are forced to deal with some of those dungeon doors that open in the back of that mind. Um, But yeah, no, the pandemic was a beautiful experience for me just getting quiet, um, loving on myself. And then when they opened up travel again, I was taking those $27 flights around the country. <laughs> right, know? right. Can't be mad at that. <laughs> Absolutely. So what uh, what prompted my, you know, bug to travel was when I went to prison, right? Mm. So I went to prison. I was 21 years old when I got locked up. And prior to that, I like, so when I was a kid, I used to go spend the summers in Seattle. So my dad moved to Seattle, so I would... Uh, starting in fifth grade, I would fly out there for the summer. As soon as school let out, I had a week to chill, and then I was flying to Seattle, and wow. I stayed there the whole summer. So I did that up until, like, high school. And I had family in Tennessee, so periodically we would go down to Tennessee. But other than Seattle, Tennessee, and fucking Cedar Point, I had been nowhere. Not Cedar Point. I had been nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I get locked up at 21, I'm like a successful drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really good at selling crack. You know what I'm saying? I made a lot of money. But I ain't been no fucking way. I, I would go to All-Stars and, like, pay bitches tuitions. Like, that's what, that's what I did and went to the mall. So when I get to prison, I'm meeting guys from all over the world. Everybody from everywhere is locked up. You know what I'm saying? From everywhere. Like, I met dudes from Ireland and shit. I'm like, point that out on the fucking map. And, like, what was you doing in Michigan? You know, then I'm seeing other guys who was, you know, drug dealers. Like, yeah, we was going down to Freak Nick. We was going to spring break. I took my wife to Cancun. I'm like, I ain't been fucking. I'm, I'm jealous. I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck that. As soon as they open this gate, I'm gone. Oh, right. So I was on parole. I wasn't even supposed to leave the state. I was on parole. And I got a job uh, working at a plant out in Wayne. When I got my first big check, I bought a plane ticket to New York. I had never been to New York, and I didn't know nobody in New York, and I went by myself. That's dope. I jumped. I just bought the ticket, flew out there. I stayed three hours in JFK trying to find a hotel room, Mm -hmm. charging my phone and trying to book a hotel room. Then I didn't know that the subway actually was downstairs in the uh in the airport. Yeah. Like it goes through the airport. I'm like, this is insane. So I had to figure out how to catch the subway uh from JFK to my hotel in Queens in Rego Park. Mm-hmm. So I caught that, you know, did that and I had a fucking ball just walking around Times Square, like being a real tourist, taking pictures, going to yeah. Bubble Gump and, you know, all of that. So I knew then I'm like, it ain't it ain't shit to be afraid of. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, man, get out here. And my mom would say all my life, I swear, it, it's like her mantra. She would say, the only way you're gonna see some shit is to get out and see some shit. Mm-hmm. That's a dope one. I it, and I just took that and ran with it. So now I like she she tell me all the time, that boy just gotta get up and go with him. Like you look up and I'm out of town and you you'll see me on Facebook tagging my location. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's really what prompted me to go and I know that if I wait on people, I I never go nowhere. Absolutely. That's why I don't have a problem going alone. I'm not waiting on you niggas. I don't need nobody to be ready. I don't need you to all worry about, oh, we can't stay here. We ain't doing it. Don't worry about it. I, I, I'll see you when I get back, homie. And then they comment on your, your photos, like, oh, you need to take me with you. Like, no, I'm not about to wait on you. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. I did, I did my first girls trip last July, 2021. And um, fortunately, I ended up with seven people that I really loved. But the trip started out with about 20 women that were interested. And I felt like halfway through the process, like, what the fuck am I doing? I really don't want to do this <laughs> shit. And I don't want people around me. But, you know, let's let's try it. And I really watched the list go from 20 to 7, man. And it's like, this is why I travel alone. You can't count on nobody. Absolutely. So what what are your go-to things when you go to a new place? What are you, like, what... What what are some of the things you put on your itinerary to do? Number one is meet a local. I have to. Like, I want to eat where they eat. I want to talk to them about life. Um, so I'm probably my friendliest out the country. I really don't fuck with people in America. <laughs> and <laughs> when I'm the out the country, way. you know, I talk to everybody. So meeting people, um, going to the local spots to eat, 
and I got to throw some adventure in there. Like, I'm definitely an adrenaline junkie, so I'm jumping off of something. Or Listen, <laughs> I saw the TikTok of what happened in Egypt. Oh, man. We is going to get it. Trust me. We going to get into that. Your girl almost died, though. That shit, I'm like, what is going on? What is happening? That's crazy. So, uh, meet a local. So, I knew... So when I, you know, uh, in, in New York really set the tone for how I travel now, I was like, uh, I'm not going to eat things that I can eat at home. Absolutely. Th- that's my rule. I'm not, except for, with the exception of London. I'm not going to fucking lie. Uh, London's food is horrible. It is horrible. It I is. For, I, I don't know what the fuck they doing in England, but it's like Game of Thrones. Like they eating porridge and gruel and shit, like blood sausage. Like this shit is trash. Like what? So I, I couldn't get with their cuisine, so I was eating McDonald's while I was stuck in London for two days. I had Burger King in, in London. <laughs> I, I tried to order some nachos, right? I'm at a bar, and I'm like, like, can't nobody fuck up nachos. Listen, it, I don't know what this was. It was a bowl of mess. I, I said, yeah, bro, I'm, uh, we keep riding past McDonald's. Let me go in here and get me a quarter pounder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, so that's one of my rules is... Uh, don't eat what I can eat at home. Mm-hmm. I have to find uh, a mosque, a museum, and a Harley Davidson store. Love it. Okay. If I can find those things, I don't care where I'm at. This is a great trip. Mm. This is a great trip. You know what I mean? So that that's so that's my blueprint for anywhere that I go to travel. Okay. So uh, so what are your so you said sixteen? Cause you gotta tell me some more about these countries though. Okay. You got to tell me some more. So after the Bahamas. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Um, I think my next biggest trip was for 35. So we had 25, 30, 35. 35 went to Greece by myself in Jordan. Greece and Jordan. Greece and Jordan. So what? Uh, what? where in Greece? Uh, I stayed in Athens. Okay. And then I went to Mykonos, which is an island, and I also went to Santorini. Now, in retrospect, I, sh- I should have spent all 10 days in Santorini. Santorini. Athens was just like New York City. And it was like, oh, it was cute for the first couple days when I saw the monuments. And I was like, all right, <laughs> time to go. Listen, Hawaii is just like L.A. Uh, if, if you go, don't go to the big island, you have to go to the small islands. So don't judge me for buying a flight three days ago to Maui. Okay. No, like you have to. So so while you're in Maui, it's cool to, you know, put your bags down there. But make sure you travel to the small islands. That's when you're oh. going to feel like Hawaii, because other than that, you're going to feel like you're in Los Angeles. It looks like Los Angeles, and the people act like Los Angeles. That's great to know. So I can put my bags down, and I can stay on another island. So, I mean, you can you can stay in Maui, you know what I'm saying? Because, uh, that, you know, that's, that's probably where they're going to have, like, the... Because the small islands don't got, like, the bars and the restaurants and shit like that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's really... You know, organic. It's really, you know what I'm saying. So if so that you know the shopping, the hotels, and shit like that, mm-hmm. the Walmart is gonna be on the Big Island. I want that though. I, I see. I I gotta find a Walmart when I go places. Really, you shop at? Now nah, I'm shocked that you shop at Walmart. I, just because they're everywhere. Not because I like the family. I hate the family. Okay. <laughs> but I don't pack drawers and socks and toothpaste. Ah. I I never packed that shit anymore. You know what I'm saying? I learned that when I rode that bike to California. I packed way too much stuff. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have room to buy shit when I got to all these Harley stores. I didn't have any more room. So I had to just throw my socks and drawers and shit away, you know what I'm saying, so I can put these souvenirs and gifts and shit, you know what I mean? So so now I just buy all that when I get to where I'm going. I take my essentials, my clothes, my shoes, and I'll buy everything else when I get there. That's smart. Yeah. Note it. Yeah, that, so that's my little <laughs> travel hack right okay. there to have room in my suitcase for my souvenir. And most of the times, I just leave it in the hotel. I'm not bringing no dirty socks back home. Right. Like, I'll leave it in the hotel. You know, throw it away. I definitely throw drawers away all the time. So that's <laughs> that's a great hack. I'm gonna use that. I'm telling you. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yes, anybody going to Hawaii, make sure you know you uh, it, like I said, it's cool to stay on the big islands, but make sure you travel to the small islands so you can get the local experience. That's yeah. the on, that's the only way you're gonna really feel it. Otherwise, that's it's great. it's just like being on the west anywhere on the west coast for real. That's great info. But I love California though. I love California. Me too. If I had to stay in the U.S. like somebody twisted my arm after my son graduates high school, if I had to live somewhere, it might be Cali. But I'm trying to like pilgrim pilgrim uh, over to Africa when he leaves. I'm trying to I'm trying to get to Africa as soon as possible. I'm not gonna cap. I'm not. I'm trying to get over there as soon as possible. But I would never live in California. It's a really? great place to visit, 
but I don't like California's politics. True. So California politics, and uh, so you know, in Cali and Texas is really having a real big battle right now because all of those people are moving from California to Texas. Exactly. For uh, you know, just bigger homes and you know, cheap. Yeah, because right. you know, it's, it's fucking ridiculous trying to live in California. You know. But they're bringing their ideology with them. So you know, the big saying in Texas now is, "Don't California my Texas." Like we like our laws the way the fuck we like our laws. Don't come out here with your hippie bullshit trying to you know fuck with us and so it's a real battle going on right now uh that makes sense yeah and they're 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 also moving to nevada because you know the desert is really cheap to live in the in, in the desert yeah. outside of vegas you know exactly very far from vegas right it's, it's really cheap to live out there also way too hot for me <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah santorini so i've seen pictures of santorini it is fucking beautiful it is it, it 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 looks amazing. Uh, I I will go. I'm I ha, I am totally disinterested in Europe. Totally, like I see that. <laughs> I don't give a damn about that uh, non-continent. So, uh, but I I do want to go to Greece. I do want to go. I do want to go to uh, Santorini. I I, see, yeah. I saw that. So yeah. So I the reason I hit so many European countries, and I guess this is a hack for whoever travels to Europe is. When you land in one spot, you can see multiple countries for super cheap. The flights from, let's say, Germany or Italy to Germany might be like $79 or $99. Or you can hop on the Eurorail. So that's the reason I've seen so many European countries. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think you and me are right on the same spot with Europe. We don't fuck with Europe. Absolutely. (laughs) On on a deeper level. (laughs) Right, right, right. If you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So... uh, where else in Africa is on your list of places to go? Because now that I've been, I got a uh, shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I imagined if I don't move there immediately, I have, like, the route that I want to follow. So I want to do Ghana, Senegal, Ivory Coast on the west side. Mm-hmm. And I have roots in Cameroon and Nigeria. Now, people will advise against going to Nigeria, so I'm on the fence about that. But definitely want to see Cameroon. Um, I would love to go upward. I already did Egypt, but I would love to see Morocco. Yeah, I got to go to Morocco. Mm-hmm. I have to go to Morocco. Um, coming back down on the other side, I met somebody on Facebook that's almost become like a family member, but he lives in Kenya. Okay. So I want to go to Kenya, definitely Tanzania. Um, I would love to see Ethiopia on the way down. I would love to, go, of course, go to South Africa, um, a couple countries, I mean, a couple cities there. And uh, it's uh, Madagascar. Want to see that? Seychelles. Want to see that? Some of the islands off the southern coast. Yeah. So. So what has been, you know, through your globe trotting, what has been some of your best experiences and some of your worst travel experiences? I'm gonna start with the worst because I feel like the best <laughs> is gonna be a deeper conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, Puerto Rico was so whack. Puerto <laughs> Rico was very whack. Um, it was like. I felt like I was driving through New Orleans and New York. Like, if they had a love child, it would be Puerto Rico to me. Um, I didn't find the people friendly. I didn't find the food exceptional. There was really nothing that stood out about that trip to me except for, like, driving from the airport, I saw um, a body of water. I stopped and had, like, a, you know, a a God moment at the water, which I do everywhere I go. But that was, like, the highlight of the trip. It's like, okay, I definitely could have done that anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um... I didn't really, yeah, I didn't, I didn't find anything that I saw exceptional. Um, so Puerto Rico will be on the bottom of my list so far. Egypt tops right now. Facts. What, okay, it's a tie between Egypt and Jamaica. I was told I'm a Jamaican at this point because I've been to uh, Jamaica three times. Wow. So, yeah, I love so, Jamaica. So, like, where, so are you a uh, resort Jamaica or are you Jamaica, Jamaica? I'm Jamaica, Jamaica. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Because I know people that's just resort Jamaica, and I'm like, that's yeah, not, not really real Jamaica. Jamaica. No, I met a friend the first time in Jamaica who ended up wanting to marry me, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but before I found that part out, he took me all around the island the first and second time I went. Um, so I got to see Mobe, I got to see Ochi, but he took me to some of the smaller cities where he came from, we made it up to Port Antonio, where the Blue Lagoon is. So I saw basically most of the, oh, at Kingston as well. So most most of the west and northern side of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So if I went back, I want to meet somebody or hang out with somebody who can take me to west and south Jamaica. Yeah, so my homie, he went, uh, you know, he, he 
he he he got the travel book. So he went over to Jamaica and he was telling me about he like, bro, I don't fuck with the resort. Like, like, no, nah, I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm not afraid of my people. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and and, and that's that's always my attitude. Like everywhere I go, I gotta go to the slums. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I gotta go to the slums. Like I don't wanna go to West Philadelphia where, you know, no, I want I want to go to North Philly. Like I, you know what I'm saying. I want to go. I want to go to Bron- to the Bronx. I want to go to the. I, I don't want to be in New Cairo. I want to go to Cairo, Cairo. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like, so, uh, it, it's just a more relatable experience, sure. and that's really seeing the place. You know, which is why I hate Las Vegas. Right. Mm-hmm. I hate Las Vegas because when people go, they go to the strip, and that's it. That's it. That is not fucking Las Vegas. That is a money trap. Yeah. You know, it's a big gimmick to pull as much money out of you as possible. The locals don't even go to the strip. Mm-hmm. So if the locals aren't here, I want to be where the locals are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it's it's novel to do the uh, popular thing like once. So if I go to Vegas, I've been uh, twice now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I got the strip. Like I did that for a day or two. I took my son. Okay, he wants to see all the lights and everything. But after that, it's like, all right, if I go back to Vegas, I want to see things like I saw in Utah at this point. You know? Right. So right. I feel you. So we got to get into Egypt. We, okay. we 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 have we have we have to get into Egypt, and it's crazy that we were both <laughs> there. You know what I'm saying? It's so a couple I, days of each other. Right. So I'm there, and then when I'm leaving, you're on your way. Absolutely. It, 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 it's just crazy that it worked out that way. And we, you know, found out about it on TikTok of all places. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so tell me your your favorite part of Egypt. And and mm. let's get into this dangerous story that um that almost <laughs> took you away from us. Man. <laughs> I would okay, so I'm gonna be real. When I imagine myself going to the motherland. It was always going to be Ghana. I felt like I needed to kneel in that sand on that ground that my ancestors left. Like, that was how I always envisioned it. But due to some political things, which I guess we won't talk about, um, a.k.a. Jab, I couldn't go. So I had to go to Egypt instead, which was still open. So I felt like, in my mind, I'm about to have to argue with these people that they are not the original Egyptians. I just mm-hmm. already had that planned. And <laughs> I fucking <laughs> that love I was <laughs> you. I love you. Man, I was like, I had my spiel together, <laughs> my research, and I was ready to just be like this black, dope, black queen walking these streets like this my land, you know? <laughs> but when I got there, like walking through the airport, people were just like, welcome home, welcome home. And I'm like, wait a minute, welcome home? Okay. My tour guy was waiting outside for us. He pulled our bags and he's like, welcome back to the motherland. And I'm like, Oh, my God, it kind of just gripped my heart because I'm like, okay, I'm getting a sense that you know what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, just walking the streets. I'm watching everybody look at me and my my homegirl that went with me like we were celebrities. And my tour guide kept saying they know that you're the original Egyptians. They know that they kept calling me Nefertiti, just random people on the street, um, random people calling me queen. My tour guide, I don't even know if he knows my real name because he called me queen the whole time. And I was just like, this is super dope. Like, they really understand that this is black history. Um, So that was one of my favorite pieces. Uh, Seeing the tombs was surreal. Mm. I felt like, again, I felt like a sense of belonging. And, like, these are my, this is the root of civilization here. And um, being a part of that history, like, looking at the hieroglyphics, I didn't realize they were 3D. Did Mm -hmm. you notice that? Right. In my mind, I always thought they were like paintings on top of rock. Mm. They were actually carved in 3D. And just the um, the ingenuity of being able to create the color blue back then. Like, where did you get that from? Right. You know, so learning how they mixed the sandstone with, I forgot the one that created the green and made this blue. It was just like these people were bril- brilliant and before their time. Um, walking up to the pyramids was also surreal and the Sphinx. Um I don't know. I loved I loved everything I saw. I love the vibe of the people. I love walking through the markets where they shop, mm-hmm. um, eating uh, kushiri. Did you have that? No. No. That's the traditional Egyptian dish. No, I didn't have kushiri. Yeah, I didn't have. Good. Oh yeah, I'm definitely. I'll give me the give me the cow. Give me uh, give me all the animal. You a meat eater? Yeah. Give me <laughs> all the animal. Yeah. <laughs> I ate a lot of chicken. A whole lot of chicken. A lot of fucking chicken in Egypt. Like it was crazy. So when 
when the when when they found out, so it was it was exactly what you're describing as as being black there, mm-hmm. but Egypt is a Muslim country. Yep. So when they found out I was Muslim, it was like the trip went from like a hundred to a thousand. Yeah. It was crazy. Like uh, the one uh, tour guy, Abdullah, he was like, "Like, listen, you can come stay at my house." I'm like, "Bro, like, chill." You know what I'm saying? He's like, bro, well, he's like, my wife will cook. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. This is that the third, like, like the hospitality. It was, it, it was, it was inexplicable. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I have still not found the words. You know what I mean? It, it, it was. I could when I when I when I laid my hands on the pyramid. Mm. I, I couldn't I couldn't stop the tears. Like I'm like, oh yeah, uh I'm I'm a big ass baby out here. You know what I mean? Like Rightfully so. Man, just just you know, for for people who are in the know and then you get there, I I, I can't wait to get back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't wait to get back. I'm taking my son in June, inshallah. I cannot I, love I, I cannot wait. Because uh, he was supposed to go to Rome with his school. So me and his mom got his passport together. We paid all his money for this trip. I think it was like eighteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. for uh, for them to spend a week in Rome, which would have been dope. But they called two, three weeks ago and said they canceled the trip. We're gonna refund everybody their money. Wow. I, I'm like, shit. Like, what the hell? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, shit. Y'all give me the money back, and shit. I, I'll just take him to Egypt. You know what I mean? And shit. There we go. So we. So in June, inshallah, we go. We go. I'm, I will be right back in Egypt. That's dope. I plan to go back in September. So Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I like I think I mentioned earlier I don't do heat. And <laughs> I was there and it was you you saw the weather. It was nice, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of cool breeze. And they say yeah, it's pretty miserably hot until August. So that means I go in September. <laughs> so when when I was there, it was seventy eight degrees and I'm taking the hoodie off. They got coats on. Exactly. They got coats. it's seventy eight degrees. I'm on this winter. fucking camel. And I'm taking, I'm like, shit, I, I, let me take all this shit off. And dude got a coat on, a North Face. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Exactly. Oh, the camel. You just made me remember that. Yeah. I felt like a queen on the back of that camel. I, I, I honestly did. My abs got real strong. Because <laughs> uh, if you don't know how camels get up and lay down, yeah. like, uh, it's it's different. Um, it's, 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 it's very different. And if you happen to view the Rick Ross video before you got there of him getting on the camel, and then you had the trauma in your mind. Like, you know, he almost <laughs> toppled over the front of that jump. Man, and, and <sighs> shit, so did I. Did you? So, so I'm like, bro, the ab game, the core, <laughs> the, you need your core strength right to get on a camel. Yeah. But, man, it it was amazing to be on a camel riding up to a fucking pyramid. Like, that's that's some once-in-a-lifetime thing from, a, you know, from a nigga from Joy Road. You know what I mean? Like, this is crazy. It's, it's literally worlds away. It is, and it, I feel like it was like the realization of all the movies we've ever seen or the books we've ever read about Egypt. It was like, no, I'm actually here, and I'm touching the rock. Mm-hmm. I'm standing on the sand where the people at the beginning stood. <laughs> right, right. So you had a dangerous experience <laughs> uh, I that I saw on TikTok. Uh, describe, <laughs> describe. <laughs> So, so I saw it. I know what happened. So tell the people what happened. All right, everybody. Have a seat if you're not <laughs> sitting. <laughs> you know, okay. So I, like I said, I went to Egypt with my homegirl. She also travels the world. We discussed before we got there what we were going to do. And we both had a bucket list item of like riding a hot air balloon because it seems reasonable. And why not do it over the lands of Egypt? Mm-hmm. So we worked that into our tour with our tour guide. Shout out to Mayor Mimi. Um but so we get to Luxor. We left Cairo, went to Luxor for two nights. Mm, Luxor. And Luxor was awesome. And uh, so we wake up at 4 a, 4 a or 3 a.m. to be there at 4 because it's a sunrise uh, hot air balloon ride. So we all tired, but we super geek because we know we're about to do this. We pull up uh, a little close to the site and you see these massive balloons. Now, mind you, I'm going to say they're like bigger than a house. I, d- I don't know why I didn't conceptualize how big they were. Right. So I was already blown away at the beginning taking all these pictures and videos. We had hired a videographer, so he's hyping us up. We were all excited, running over to the balloons. When we get to the base of our balloon, we didn't realize, like, how quickly you have to onboard, mm-hmm. okay? Now, I'm not, I'm not a little small girl. I, got, I, need to, I need some leverage to get <laughs> up in here, but I had 2.5 seconds to jump in. So me and my homegirl jump in. We stuck in this little tiny 
uh, compartment along with like 20 other people. Everybody's in their own compartments. <clears throat> it's about 10 or 15 dudes who work for the company who have to hold the balloon down until the captain gets whatever aerodynamics right for us to take off. So they all talking in Arabic, and I'm like, I don't understand shit that they're saying. But they look frantic, and they were holding us down for a second. When they finally let us go, everything seemed like it was okay. Captain is um, blowing a little fire up into the balloon. We're starting to go up. Me and my homegirl are recording because this is the moment. Right. Yeah, but we start descending back toward the ground very <laughs> quickly. And um, so I don't know I don't know if it's a gust of wind that blew us, right, back toward the ground. But when we hit and ricocheted off the ground, um, the balloon, the wind pushed the balloon into the fire. So it started fraying. It caught on fire. It's like ashes and soot everywhere. And we're like, oh, shit, we just hit the ground. But as we're, we're – they're unable to catch us, right? So we're seeing everybody who was holding us down at the beginning run into us in full speed. But they couldn't get to us because we hit the ground and we back up way too soon. So while we're ascending back into the air, me and my homegirl are looking up at this frayed balloon that was on fire just a second ago. And I'm watching one part of the balloon is split. And I'm just like, okay, if the wind catches this and splits this balloon a little further up, we're definitely going down, definitely going to die. And so that was the closest I've ever been to death to where there was a piece that came over us when we were in the air. We were like, I don't know how we're going to land. This doesn't look good. The captain isn't saying that we're going to be okay. He's just telling everybody to stay calm and try to enjoy. So we, uh, my homegirl and I talked about this afterward. Like, there's a part where you panic when you know you're about to die, but then there's like a piece that comes over you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so let's take pictures and video <laughs> in case they find my phone. They can see I had a good ass time <laughs> up here. So that's so, crazy. So the second ascent. So, so when you notice that you know shit is fucked up, I see the split. How long were you in the air that 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 time? After, Total, yeah, after like, we went up? Yeah. Oh, it's an hour ride. And y'all did the whole fucking ride? The whole ride. Yep. So it was about to be the best hour of my life. <laughs> so listen, why didn't he? There was nothing he could do. It's like. He can't land it? And, and get y'all get in another balloon? He has to land where his crew is because there's like a specific procedure uh, for landing. Right, right, and right. They don't tell you till you climb on that boy that you got to be in a motorcycle position when you land. So if you're not mobile, like, don't ride one because it's a whole workout keeping your knees bent to land because mm-hmm. you're going to shake and hit the ground. But um, so when we finally did land an hour later, everybody's bracing. The basket erupts in in praise and excitement. Once we actually are flat on the ground, everybody runs over to us to stake the basket into the ground, make sure we don't fly away again, deflate the balloon the whole nine. When I tell you that captain r- jumped out that balloon like his drawers was on fire, and everybody ran over to him and his crew and hugged him. And they were speaking to Arabic. I believe they were like, thanks for not letting these people die, is what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But um, our tour guide looked like he saw a ghost. And I asked him, I'm like, were we about to die? And he was like, like real slow with his head, like, hell yeah. And I'm like, hmm, fun. Well, at least we'll die in Africa. That's right. At, at, at least you'll die in the motherland. Yeah. So, crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've had a, a not that sort of near death experience like that but i've had a couple of couple of close calls and i know what you mean about that piece yeah it's like oh shit this this it okay mm. you know like, like you only going to be afraid for so long you know fear fear does not last i don't give a fuck what the situation is fear does not last you're only going to be afraid for so long which is why i don't know why people don't do what the fuck they want to do in life. Like, do not let that fear cripple you. And, you know, be it, you know, my little educational spiel, but be it traveling, be it starting your business, Mm -hmm. be it, you know, pursuing a relationship, getting out of a relationship. Don't let that fear cripple you. That fear is so fucking temporary. Yeah. And, uh, ironically enough, uh, great quote, you know, uh, God put the best things in the world on the other side of your fear. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where the best shit of your life is. That experience that you want to have, that business that you want to create, all of, it's on the other side of your fear. Mm-hmm. So don't ever let that cripple you. You know, like this woman says, she will get up and, you know, go to fucking Costa Rica, dolo. Scared for what? You know what I'm saying? I flew to New York, didn't know nobody. Mm-hmm. Met some people that still my friend to this day. 
So, you know, just don't let that fear get it. Absolutely. Fear is a liar. You know, it, it is. It fills your head up with so many things. 95% of those things would never happen. And then you got the 5% that's a possible reality. And you just come up with a plan for that 5%. Right. 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 I don't get I don't get choked by the what if. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, because the they're going to tell you all the all of the boogeyman stories. You know what I'm saying? You're going to especially about going to Africa. Man. They do not want your black ass to go back to Africa. Trust and believe that. And but you have to understand the why. You have to understand the reason why they want to keep you from there. And if you can think along those lines, then you you won't you won't go back to those cabins in Tennessee. <laughs> you know, you you'll save that two thousand dollars and 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 book your trip to Kenya. I promise you, I think about that. Like when I see women carrying their two thousand dollar bags, like I don't knock it if you like fashion to that level. But I just think about all the plane tickets I could have bought with that two thousand. Every t- every time somebody asks me, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, we about to go do Vegas. Uh, have fun, sir. You know, uh, I'm about to get on this plane. You know, $168 to get your passport. They're going to tell you that it's going to take three months. It's not. You'll have it in a month. Mm-hmm. You will have your passport in 30 days. Guaranteed. In your hand. Book your trip. Absolutely. Book uh, your trip. The world is your motherfucking oyster. Like, it's so and and once you leave the United States, it was even so. London was horrible for me. I I didn't like it at all. But just not being in America, mm. you feel the difference. You know what I'm saying? We're in a place where when I when I tell you, so uh, London is probably my worst travel experience. So so when so on the way to. Uh, Egypt. It was a seven-hour layover in London. So, but we're in Heathrow Airport. You know what I'm saying? This is this airport is like the size of like six Somerset malls. Like mm-hmm. they got everything in this fucking airport, right? So, you know, didn't need to leave. You know what I mean? So, but on the way back, it's a seventeen-hour layover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, I'm not staying in this fucking airport. So I'm gonna get a hotel room. So boom, get the hotel room. End up. Uh, missing the flight the next morning. You know what I mean? Overslept? Yes. Come got to got now. to the airport late. It was not my fault. Got to the airport late and didn't make it through, you know, all the procedures in time. Went to the wrong fucking gate at first, all of this shit. And just a bunch of mess. But when I tell you, these were some of the most polite and accommodating people I've ever run across in my life. Like in London, in fucking London, I could not believe it. I can't believe it either. I could not believe it. I was like, the the lady and everybody sound like they're from Harry Potter. <laughs> so, but the lady was, she was like, oh no, we're not gonna have a bad day on my shift. You know what I'm saying? And she just like took me out of line and you know t- went up to this tick counter and made this chick, you know, boom 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 and get us together. And she was trying to get uh trying to get me on a flight later that day that was flying into New York. Mm-hmm. But I was a standby, and they was like, "Yeah, you probably ain't gonna make the standby, but we can get you on the same exact flight that you missed today tomorrow." I was like, "Cool." So I just stayed another night in London, and that's when I went out and went to the bars, and you know what I'm saying, okay. and, and seeing some shit like that. You know what I mean? But that you know, being in a place that doesn't have the history that America has. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they ain't had nothing to do. We all know that these motherfuckers facilitated. What happened? Yep. But you know, directly facilitated it. But they don't have the scars in the marking that this soil has, yeah. right? They didn't have 250 years of people in servitude on their land, mm-hmm. so it's a different vibe there. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a much different energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, you know, it ain't. You know, all kisses and hugs, but it's it's just different, and you have to experience it. Every black person needs to leave this country, and Canada don't count. Don't fuck going to Windsor. (laughs) You have to get out of this country to understand this country. This you have to go to understand this country is just a third world country with a Gucci belt on, as they say, right? Absolutely. Our culture is not 
top tier. Our food is not top tier. The way we treat each other is not top tier. But we really are indoctrinated that way in this country. Right. We believe that everybody wants to. C- they're 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 dying to come here. Uh, no. They're not. Uh, no. Listen. W- w- them them what w- so listen when I went through the slums and eat so when uh the, the the driver drove me to you know to the to the camels and shit to uh when I went to Giza to get to the pyramids but the second time when I rode the ATVs to the pyramids we had to ride like two miles through the hood yeah through the fucking hood hood like that was a dope experience it was the best experience but when I tell you these people. Got the biggest smiles on their face. They are so fucking happy in their lives, living their lives. You know what I'm saying? They're not dying to live like Americans. They're not dying to be over here in all our fucked upness. You know what I'm saying? And a friend of mine, when she went to Iraq to uh, bury one of her uncles, she was like, it's the same way over there. She in fucking Iraq after the war, after it had been bombed and shit. Mm -hmm. And she like, my cousins don't want to come here. Yeah, I went to um to Houston, Texas, and went over to Galveston for a day, and that was <laughs> that was an experience to speak about one day. But uh, I met a guy there named Mamadi from French Guinea, and I walked in his store just to buy some African s- artifacts because that's what I do with my life. Um, <laughs> but we ended up having like a two and a half hour co- hour conversation in his store, just me and him, and he was telling me about life in Africa. This was prior to me going to Egypt, and he's like. Nobody told me when I came to America that there would be such like a chokehold on this work in a nine to five. And he's like, it's miserable. In Africa, you go and you sell whatever you're going to sell in the market or you have your business. But there isn't that suffocating feeling like I need to work. I need to hustle all the time. And that's what contributes to people's happiness and sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. It's like they have a level of fulfillment that we could never. Right. We could never. Right. And and to have that level of fulfillment with. Not all the stuff. We got a bunch of stuff. So the the the, the guy was saying uh, that the storage industry is like a four billion dollar a year industry because Americans just got too much shit. In the average home, there's over one hundred eighty thousand items. I didn't know this shit until I started looking this shit up. That's real. Over one hundred eighty thousand items. We got all of this shit. And we're still not fulfilled. These people have so little and are the happiest you've ever fucking seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it this shit ain't gonna fulfill you. It's your mentality, it's your lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? And it's and it's your values, what you value. We place a lot of value in a lot of stupid shit, and you don't realize that until you get around people who don't value the dumb shit that you value. Mm-hmm. Once once that's once you're outside of that bubble. You like, oh shit, this shit really don't mean nothing. Yeah. You know. I see people in other countries as rich, and I don't think so in monetary in, in a monetary I mean monetary way. But they just seem like at peace mm-hmm. and and uh they have a level of happiness and intrinsic joy that you don't see in America. Everybody's fucking depressed <laughs> in America, like for the most part. Absolutely. And so I just have this idea in my head, like every time I meet somebody in another country, like you you're you're rich and I actually want to be like you. So when I was over there, I like you know my my scientific brain just wouldn't stop fucking working. You know the suicide rate in Egypt. One a year, I don't know. It's less than three percent. Wow, I believe that. You know the suicide rate in the United States. Fucking ridiculous. Absolutely. I'm talking about less than three percent. Look at the suicide rate for Iraq. Mm -hmm. Same shit. Quote unquote, poor people don't kill themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a rich person's luxury mm-hmm. to kill your motherfucking self. That's a that's a that's a, a rich luxury. Wow. Poor people, motherfucker, I, I've been poor. I ain't never been nothing but poor. What the fuck am I mad at today? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like I say, people are so happy with so little, and we got so much, and we're the most fucking medicated. The most depressed, the most suicidal, going through all this shit, but it could because it's the things that we fucking value that really don't mean nothing. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And let's flip that to the crime side of things too. We're so used to like hurting other people or inconveniencing other people to get more shit, get more stuff over here. Whereas, like, I asked about the crime rate in Egypt, and he couldn't give me a straight answer. He was like, "Eh, it's like it's a thing. It's a thing everywhere." But he's like, "No, it's not a lot. You know, yeah, like, it's 
it's a one-off and he's like, these are people who don't get caught by the police and it, you know, you rob somebody or whatever, it may occur, but he's like, it's not a, an issue. Like they would have you to believe when you go to Africa. Absolutely. They're going to let you believe that, oh, they're going to kidnap you and do all of this. No, no they're not. Not at all. They're really not worried about your American accent. Like. <laughs> exactly. They in, in real talk, they probably pity you. Real talk. They 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 probably pity you. So I'm having conversations with Muhammad and the other Muhammad and Abdullah, and he just like he can't fathom the shit that I'm saying to him. You know what I'm saying? He like, brother, like you need like get the fuck out of there, basically. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, say less. No, no it's in the works. You know what I'm saying? felt that so strongly, you know, after the whole situation um, with, you know, the the murder that was on national TV of the black man by the uh, cop. I just wanted to take my son and leave Mm -hmm. to Africa. And I'm like, you know, my son is so American in his mindset. He's like, well, what about school? I want to go to school. And I'm like, like, we're talking about life or we're talking about going to the institution called school. You can learn everything you need to learn just in a different way, in a different country. I wanted to just escape to West Africa, and I'm really, I'm kind of sick that I just didn't go. So, but you said uh, after he goes to high school. Oh, yeah. uh, That you're out. So, so how old is he now? What grade is he in now? He's in seventh. So, we got five. I'm on a five-year countdown plan. Five (laughs) years until until you relocate. Absolutely. Okay. 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 yeah, that, that that that's dope. That's dope. I've and and I really want you to do it. But so I don't know, because uh, I mentioned to you earlier about uh, starting a, a a blog. You know, things about your travel. I don't know if you want to speak on you know the things that we talked about off air, and just to let people know, or if you just want to you know keep that a little tuck right now. Yeah, well, I'll drop a little dime. Okay, it's okay, in, it's still okay. in the works. But like I said, I've been traveling since uh, abroad since two thousand four, and I've had. I've gained quite a following in my internal circle who follow all my trips and they want to know how I do it. I travel on the low. Nobody believes me when I said I spent, you know, um, almost 10 days in Egypt for only $270 a day, including all my flights, all my transportation, my food, all my excursions. They're like, yeah, no, no way. Absolutely. So I, the business will be called the Ruby Eye Tours. Um, and we'll we'll give everybody information on how to do the same. And if you don't feel like doing it after you hear the information, we'll be the ones to be able to help book a similar trip for you, including everything. So that's the goal because I want to get I want to get hundreds, if not thousands, of Black people to travel abroad who never have. Right. And right. when I posted my videos on TikTok, I had some random women hit me up, like in the inbox, um, talking about sis. You know, I, I don't even know how to start traveling. And so it's really just a lack of knowledge. So mm-hmm. I want to use the vlog and the podcast and things like that to give the knowledge, um, give the hacks. And if you don't feel like doing it after all that, you know, let us do it for you. So that's the goal. Listen, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for it to come. Uh, Dr. Ben, like one of my fucking heroes, like he, he spent his life mm-hmm. taking people back to Egypt, you know, explaining them the hieroglyphs and the pyramids and all of the pharaohs and shit like that. Like he spent his life doing that. You know what I mean? And my mentor, the the you know, the guy who, you know, got me black as hell, you know what I'm saying? He Dr. Ben took him. And I remember Malcolm, you know, my fucking father, you know, going to Egypt and, you know, he became a different man once he started traveling. Once he once he left Harlem and saw the world, you know, he, he got a world view. And a lot of us just really just have a, a, a very narrow scope, you know what I'm saying? We lo- we're looking through a keyhole and thinking we see the whole picture. But the world is so big and so broad and there's so much out there. And I, I want to expose not only my children, but everybody's children to that. Children, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because just, you know, I'm 38, you know, and I'm doing it. But just imagine if I grew up like this. Just imagine if this was all I knew my whole life. That's what I want for our children. For this to all to be, I don't want all you to know is the fucking west side of Detroit. For sure. You know what I'm saying? You need to have a, a world view, you know, and be exposed to that as young as possible and as often as possible. So that's really my goal as well. So. I love that. 
I'm on that um, on that train with my son as well. He's been to two countries so far. Right. I, 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 I've seen I've tons of states. <laughs> yeah, tons of states. I, I've seen him travel. I, man, listen, my man have his little bag. I see, I, listen, I see you. I've seen it. Yeah, so, We've been social media friends for a long time. We have. For a very long time. The time that, um, you know, Mike Brown was taken out of here. That was when we right, met. Right, right, right. Plaza. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I went crazy. Yeah, that shit, man. Yeah. Man. That's another episode. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And listen, you're going to have to come back, and we're going to have to get into it. Uh, like I say, I've had uh, therapists on here before, so we could definitely get into some of that. We can. We can get into some of that. But definitely when you get things up and running with the business, I would love to have you back. So when you're ready to impart that information mm-hmm. on the world, just, you know, come on and uh, holler at your boy, and we can get it out there for you. I'll definitely be back. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me here. Not a problem, sweetie. Not a problem. And with that, we go get up out of here, y'all. Peace. Wish you would've stuck with me. Now you stuck with somebody else hating every time I look up. Can't keep me down.